and welcome to We Never Met, the podcast where I have interesting strangers on every single week. And we are back now after a hiatus with a very talented photographer, Andrew Feller. To start off, I guess, how have you been doing um, these past couple of months? Because, you know, obviously it has been uh, an issue with COVID-19 and quarantine and you are a photographer, which is a medium worth a lot of, you know, you got to be there a lot of the time to to take pictures. Yeah, I am. I am in that people business, which, uh, yeah. you know, that's, uh, it's been complicated, but we're, we're doing fine. Um, I, I feel bad sometimes because I, I kind of referring to a lot of the stuff going on. as kind of like these like COVID silver linings. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, uh, kind of really taken this time to do, do most of the things that we say like, Oh man, I wish I had time for, well, I'm going to do that. Uh, So it's kind of leaning into that pivot of kind of changing the things that I wanted to change and reorganizing. And uh, I'm cleaning a lot uh, because I am actively shooting still. Um, The, uh, so I am taking on photo assignments and going out and doing things. And I I started uh, with a lot of my own uh, personal assignments uh, or self assignments or personal projects. Right. Um, and so it, with past experiencing working in uh, clean manufacturing facilities and like active medical floors at hospitals, mm-hmm. I kind of know a lot of the ins and outs of having to keep equipment, like non-contagion type stuff. Mm, sure. And so just adapting that and being able to go out and, and still keep working <laughs> in quotes, <Right. laughs> uh, in some capacity has been, uh, uh, was actually a pretty easy transition. Um, the hardest part of all of that was the, the uncertainty of things, uh, for a while of like, yeah, I don't know if I want to participate in thing X, Y, Z for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but keeping busy, uh, actually the first, the first week I, I kind of set out and started a curbside portrait series with, uh, small businesses. Cause, uh, I'm not a family like wedding photographer, uh, sure. I've done that type of stuff, but it's not what I do. Uh, but a, a, a friend of mine in the wedding realm, she, uh, she was doing these, these, uh, porch sessions where they would do families on the porches. And I was like, Oh man, I wish I could do that for businesses. And wait a minute, why can't I do that for businesses? Uh, so I called a bunch of friends that are, uh, small business owners in the area and said, Hey, I'm just going to come do this. And they're like, what's the catch? I'm like, I am just going to come do this. I, it's, Isn't that um, funny? That's the reaction people give, you know, like, let me take a quick portrait so that you can like say, Hey, we're still open. Uh, like right. take out or whatever that is. Um, and it kind of started in like food, uh, food industry friends that owned restaurants or uh, bakeries and stuff. And then it kind of moved into other things. Like I got to meet, uh, uh, I've, I've met her once before, but I met Steph, the owner of Waxwing and, uh, mm-hmm and the Milwaukee beard guys. And, um, actually his photo is really fun. Cause he's like, I want to do like my brand of like, I want to do like my blow up, uh, uh, palm tree and I'm going to do a lounge chair and I'm just going to be like cracking open a beer. And I'm like, dude, yes. All that. <laughs> yeah. Je- Jeff is awesome. I've actually yeah. had him on the podcast. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Jeff, uh, Jeff was a riot. The, the, the fun thing is like when you got kids running in and out of screens, I have dogs oh, that sure. like sense the zoom meeting is in motion. And so they're like, Oh, I need to make noise now. 
<laughs> right. It's so bizarre. I, I work remotely and every time it seems like whenever I have a meeting, I have to close this door behind me. And that is the time like my cat wants to be in here, you know, so mm. scratching at the door. Oh man. I'm just like, Oh, go somewhere else for an hour. <laughs> yeah. I got a, I got a pit bull and like a, uh, we, we jokingly call him like just a purebred Kentucky dog. Cause he's, he's a mutt. He's, yeah, yeah. uh, uh, his, we got him the litter that we got him with, um, the, a friend and a litter dogs don't have litters. They're wait, is it? <laughs> I, I think can't remember. Do. I think that is, maybe it is a litter puppy litter yeah. of puppies. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, a friend that runs a rescue, uh, got a box of puppies from, from down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like either Kentucky or Tennessee, but, uh, one of the other people that adopted one of the dogs did one of those DNA tests mm. and there's like 20 dogs and stuff. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. That, that just makes sense. Seems about right. Seems <laughs> um, about he's right. to describe him physically. He's like a, he's like a miniature golden shepherd with jet black fur, big brown eyes and a black tongue. To give a to give a, a character reference, he kind of looks or like a, a cinema character. Uh, he yeah. kind of if if you imagine like the Harry Potter Grimm, mm. like yeah. uh, Sirius Black, that yeah. that's pretty much like on brand. <laughs> that's pretty. That's um, a pretty cool looking dog, then. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's kind of cool. And then and then the other guy, he's like a bowling big blue bowling ball pit bull. <laughs> Um, doesn't quite know his size and that's, he was just running under my desk and shoving my chair off to the side. Cause he just like, I want to go here. Cause there's a vent under my desk and he wants the, the air. But anyways, <laughs> do they ever like accidentally break any of your stuff? Like you have your equipment at home. Um, they're pretty, actually, they're pretty good about my, st- my, my equipment. Um, they, uh, if there's a, so in our basement area, which is where my office is, um, the, the vents run underneath the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's like a, it's a 1959 house. So it's like, they just like cut down and like laid the, the ductwork underneath. And so, uh, one of the vents, if I lay like one of my stand bags across it, uh, Henry, my pit bull, uh, gets upset because that's where he, he like, cause the vent gets warm. He likes oh, sure. to lay on that. Cause my pit bull's basically a big cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> In so many ways, he's snoring right now. Um, he uh, so he likes to find like a warm spot to sit on. So he'll like sure. he'll find that vent spot and like just like that's why he's trying to get under my desk. Um, uh, he he'll find a spot to that he'll like walk in the room and it'll be like in the sunshine. It'll be yeah. like eighty degrees outside and like if you don't know, pit bulls can't really regulate their heat or their temperature really well. Mm. So he'll be like on his side, like full tongue out panting, like roasting in the sun. Uh, we'll call him a baked potato. Cause he's a, he's a silver uh, gray coat, which is called a blue hair. Um, okay. So we call him a baked potato at that point. Cause it looks like he's wrapped in foil, but, um, uh, but yeah, he'll get upset and he'll like try to nudge. Like if I got a case or something in the way, he'll, yeah. he'll literally nudge it out of the way. Cause it's like, that's my spot. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that, that having these two, I, I've always worked from home, like when yeah. I'm not out doing a shoot, but, uh, uh, my wife, uh, is working from home and she's like, how do you deal with these two? I'm like, what do you mean? This is just how they are. She's like, no, just, like yeah. they, uh, Henry will literally, if she closes her office door, cause she's on a call, he'll literally yeah. bomb blast through the door. <laughs> like it'll Just be a battering ram in. Yeah. It'll be latched and he will like headbutt through. <laughs> it's like, 
mom, I got to show you something. Oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, dogs are great. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so with your photography in, in sort of during this time, you also did a, a nurse appreciation sort of photo shoot as well. Yeah. Um, that was, uh, so I had things that I wanted to do like immediately and, right. and the, I even wrote it on the post that I did with it is like, we can debate anything we want to debate, but the reality is, is there, there are people that are on the front line of whatever issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're going to be the ones facing whatever decision we make. And, and that's kind of to say like, whether you believe COVID's a hoax or not uh, is irrelevant. The nurses still are there, right? And and they're still taking care of anybody that comes in. And uh, the and so from kind of from day one, I, I reached out to a couple of ad agency friends because I know there's a couple of agencies in town that have healthcare clients that are within reach. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so my a friend of mine that I made at PBS introduced me to. Uh, this nurse named Becky, who is like this awesome human being that like, I can't wait to work with again on, on another project. Um, and, and she's like, yeah, we could do that. And we crossed some T's, dotted some I's. And as long as we didn't display any logos of the hospital and it was in, and it was them and releases and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's no identifying marker of which hospital it is. Mm, um, sure. But, uh, but actually the, the, the person that I was talking to did say that, like, they're really happy that I did that because, um, and, and one of the nurses told me this, they literally had people protesting at the hospital that morning. Like in the hospital? Like in the, in the, like, uh, like in the parking lot areas, Jeez. like saying, like claiming it was a ho- like, all this is a hoax and it's, uh the hospital's trying to profit and nurses are walking away with like big bags of money and stuff. It's like silly stuff. Um, but, uh, no, that that project, uh, I I wanted to do it from the start and I'm really happy that I got to do it and I might get to go do a little bit more. Uh, I hope, uh, but, uh, that was one I really wanted to do. And then same thing with, uh, uh, organizations that I uh, threw out this thing. It's like I said, silver linings. Um, I obviously I have two dogs and I love my dogs and I, I love the Wisconsin Humane Society and I reached out to them. Uh, actually, it's funny. I, I did a series of little videos of like ways you can help small businesses, mm-hmm. uh, of like how to do yeah, I saw one on like reviews it. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And how to yeah, do yeah. like how to do online reviews. And so then I saw a post by the Humane Society calling for donations, um, and then help with, uh, their foster program. So then I grabbed Henry, I put him on my desk <laughs> and had it like, like a TikTok video. Uh, if you want, if you're on TikTok, like Tatum, he's a TikTok uh, dog and he's hilarious. Uh, but his dad does like, there's like dog dad does like a voice as though mm. Tatum's talking. So I did yeah. that with Henry where Henry was telling everybody to go to the Humane Society website and donate. Uh, and I sent it to Ann Reed at uh, the Humane Society, and we started that conversation. And I was like, you know, I'd love to come document some of the stuff you guys are doing with all that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, sure, and connected me to all their internal people uh, for that. And so I got to do, uh, I went for three days, um, uh, followed them on doing uh, food drops, where they take, uh, literally, literally just take food to people in need who don't have any other means and then and, and need food for their animals. Um, I, uh, I went to the spay neuter clinic and, 
documented the intake of a couple of animals that were going to go get um, spay and neuter, which if you don't know, it's a very, it's like, I don't, don't quote me, <laughs> uh, but I think it's the, the least expensive way to get your dog spayed or neutered um, or, or cat oh, really? um, in town. Um, and it's a service they provide. And um, I think, don't quote me, I think they, they have a donation based version as well. Um, but the, the people that were working there were fantastic. And then the, the other one that was amazing was uh, I got to document a dog on his last journey of the foster program where the foster family dropped him off and or her off and her name is Nala uh, dropped her off. And then, uh, was doing like the last like checks and all that kind of stuff. Um, cause that's a, that's a program that I, I, I knew they did, but I didn't fully understand the humane society has a network of fosters for, uh, for that dog and specifically had, um, had a couple of medical issues that took, mm. I think like three months of rehab. And so this family basically took care of that dog for three months so that the, it would have a chance to find a forever home. And that's, that's something that people might not know the humane society does. And I got to follow them around and do that. And then, uh, yeah. And then just kind of rolled in with the curbside thing. I actually did a stint, uh, an offshoot of that with, uh, Milwaukee downtown. Um, yeah, it seems uh, kind of in partnership with, uh, they're, they're doing a new mural installation. So I uh, got to do them. If you're not familiar with, uh, Milwaukee downtown, it's actually a really great organization. Um, and they like from the get go is all like, how can we support the businesses that exist, um, uh, with there. And so then the offshoot yeah. I did was more of uh, public services. So yeah. Uh, photographed their beat cop, uh, photographed, uh, an MCTS bus driver, which, uh, uh, I said this to them. I'm like, you're like, playing to that like six-year-old kid in me that's like oh man i love big trucks so i got to i, I got to photograph a wonderful woman named willie um who's been a bus driver for 19 years um but as as cool as she was uh and she had like an interesting story um i got to photograph a bus <laughs> just like uh that was just cool to me um i also got to photograph a bunch of guys who are uh uh, public works, um, sanitation workers. So I, I did a mm. portrait of them. Uh, we kind of staged a little bit where I had them hang off as if the, as if the dump, uh, the garbage truck was rolling. Oh, sure. Um, and then I got the city kind of in behind them a little bit. Uh, that was like another, like <laughs> six year old me, like, yay, big truck. <laughs> um, like kind of crawling underneath the dump, uh, the garbage truck just a little bit <laughs> type of thing to get that shot. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, but kind of the thing, um, I had such a good time with Willie, it became a game that I played for the rest of the day. I don't actually know if downtown, if the Milwaukee downtown people noticed this. Um, I, uh, I, I think it was 10 total sh subjects and of, I think eight of them, eight of 10, I somehow got a Milwaukee County bus in one of the, in one of the select options. So like the, the photos that I gave them, like I gave them like three yeah. or four options of each subject. Um, in at least eight of the 10 subjects, I got a Milwaukee County bus in the background, <laughs> which is like, kind of like a little tip of the hat to myself. Yeah. It was like little game I played for the rest of the day. I had such a good time engaging with, with a person that like they, they kind of carried that with me for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, and so that's another one of those silver linings that like I kind of, I'm going back to with, uh, with my work is, 
um, why do I do what I do? And it's, mm-hmm. uh, I've mentored a couple other photographers. I, I always, I, I love, um, teaching. Um, I almost became a music teacher actually. Um, so any chance I get to mentor a photographer, I, I take it. And it's that thing of like, I can teach anybody how to light and, and push a button. Uh, mm-hmm. cause like if the simplest terms, like I, I push a button, <laughs> Um, but there's like a directing aspect to that. And there's, there's, there's a lot you can teach, but the, the thing that I value the most about what I do is that I have met and photographed so many different people. Mm -hmm. And, and that's like the thing I wouldn't trade for the world. And that I'm trying to carry into, into, uh, like the, the, the next phase of projects and, and work is, um, more people and interesting stories and, and, and kind of going back to that style of work. Um, cause, uh, in I wrote this down to, I was talking to somebody about this is like in, in any given week, I could photograph a NASA scientist, an artist, a police officer, an activist, uh, uh a poet, an author all in the same week. Right. right. <laughs> um, and, and a lot of the times I, I become friends with them too. Like, uh, I, I do a lot of work with the Milwaukee Public Library, and through them, I got to photograph. Uh, and if you didn't know this, Milwaukee has a poet laureate, um, mm. which I don't. Uh, I'm not real good at the definition of things, but it, I think it's fancy poet talk for like an artist and resident type situation. Okay. Um, but her name is Dasha Kelly. She's an amazing human being, um, and in uh, through photographing her and meeting her through that project of with a client um Mm -hmm. we become friends and and like that's that's kind of the 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 end result of a lot of um interactions i have is uh uh, and i photographed a lot of folks that have been guests on your podcast too it's like yeah uh i met zach petrini at a bar photographing one of his bands and we've Mm -hmm. just stayed in touch over the years yeah yeah uh, actually right right before all this happened i was renting a studio for a project and i was like hey i got some some extra time you doing it yeah sorry you're doing a tour you want some promo shots <laughs> um yeah because i had i was testing a concept and i needed someone that i knew like had zach's uh if if you knew this from meeting zach but zach's a very fit guy and he, he has mm-hmm. good body awareness and that's that was kind of like the baseline thing I needed is I need someone who has some semblance of body awareness uh, for the thing, for the thing I was testing. And I was like, want to just come hang out. Let's like have a drink, catch up in the studio, bring a guitar. We'll take some extra shots. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then uh, he he was using, uh, using one of those shots for his, uh, his streaming series that he was doing uh, Mm -hmm. where it's the kind of like dramatic on the all black uh, background. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did that, did that shot. Um, I was doing, I was kind of bummed about it. I'm going to, I'm working on a way to do it. I, I have a project I want to do on mental health. Um, cause I've, I've had mental health kind of things my entire life and there's a stigma mm-hmm. uh, to talking about that stuff. And that's kind of like, why, why is there this stigma? Um, if we all talked about these things, uh, in the open, maybe, maybe that would help. So I, I kind of had a portrait project to, uh, showcase the juxtaposition between the external smile and the internal mm-hmm. battle. Uh, and that's the, 
the phrase that I, that someone's kind of used a lot, like a long, long time ago, um, when talking about myself was the happiest person in the room might be fighting something on the inside, but you don't know that. And right. so that's kind of always stuck with me is like, how can I turn that into a portrait? Uh, and so it is, a, it's kind of a complicated thing because the, uh, whenever you're working on a concept like that, uh, you sometimes have to invent things. Um, mm -hmm. and so the way to trigger the lights didn't, doesn't exactly exist. Um, so I'm doing it manually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's combining, um, it's essentially lighting three portraits. And so by combining, uh, two sets of strobes triggered on two different channels and then, uh, constant led sources, yeah. um, you create like uh, a ghost trail between two portraits that are connected. Right. Uh, so I, I posted one of Zach and then I did another shoot with uh, Amanda Huff. Um, yeah, I saw that who, one. It was more like around her though, rather than. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. so there's two I posted of her. So there's one that was me just messing around and we were having yeah, fun. Yeah. Looks uh, cool, we were, I forgot we were listening to, uh, we were listening to some music and we kind of like, she was dancing and I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to play with that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, but then the, the one where, uh, I posted a black and white one where it's like, she's in two places and there's like a ghost mm. trail connecting them. Sure. You can do it in Photoshop and get it pretty close, but yeah. I am always, whether it's that type of project or even like a, just a portrait of a CEO on a staircase, which I've done a lot of those, <laughs> um, yeah. the, uh, the, I, I, I'm of the school of practice of get it in camera. Photoshop's an amazing tool, but like if you can get it 90% of the way there in camera, um, if there's something more, not that Photoshop or compositing isn't real, but like there's some, there's a realness to it. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of goes back to like shooting on film and stuff. Like you don't, there are people who can, you don't really Photoshop film. And so yeah. I kind of carry that into the digital space. Um, but also like with, with that project specifically, like they're, I'm trying to portray an emotion. And so it's like the, the, I had a bunch of subjects lined up. So about four months were the test shoots uh, for this. And then like had every, had about nine subjects lined up where uh, a couple producers that I talked to about it was, I, I want to do this. And they're like, use real people. And I'm like, I, yep. Real people, not, mm. not models. Like I could, calling a bunch of dancer friends that could have done it or musicians like Zach and Amanda right. that, um, that have like a stage presence, but I wanted it to be people who like live with depression and anxiety and, and similar things. And, uh, so that it's, it's their story. And then I was going to forcibly get myself in front of the camera as well. Cause, um, I don't know if you know this about photographers. It's really hard to find pictures of us. <laughs> uh, we like to hide behind that, uh, behind that camera. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, so I was going to get myself in front of there too, because it's all like manually triggered. Like it, I got remote yeah, stuff, sure. so I could, I could do it. Um, but the, uh, the, the week of the stay home order was when I, it was the week I had everything lined up oh, and it sure. was like, I don't feel like there's too many unknowns. I don't feel right. Like I had everybody spaced out because I was being respectful of everyone's privacy with, uh, that was, that was willing to participate in the project. Right. Um, so there's like buffer zone where no one would cross paths and like, cause we were going to, we we're going to talk about things. Um, and I didn't want to, uh, 
like have an observer. It was going to just be me right, and right, the studio right. type of thing. Um, and so, yeah, so I had to cancel that and I'm kind of bummed. Um, but instead of like letting it get me down, I took all that energy and then threw it into that curbside project. And then mm-hmm. like, kind of like poked my head up and two, like two weeks later, it's like, Whoa, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and now we're three months in. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm trying to get that project rolling again. I got to find uh, a place to do it. And, uh, so I got to decide if I'm going to try to do it a studio or if I'm going to adapt it to be mobile. Um, the requirement is I need a high enough ceiling for the led light and I preferably no windows. Cause it's, a uh, the, the, the technique is adapted from what's called, uh, shutter dragging where you do like a really slow shutter speed. Sure. Um, and in order to get that, so it's not like a really bright photo, it has to be a really dark room. So mm-hmm. no windows. <laughs> um, yeah. Or we, sh- or we shoot at night. Um, but I got a couple places that'll, that could work out. Uh, I just got to pick a date, make sure it's safe. Um, uh, tape off the floor. So we're always six feet apart. Uh, sure. I'll be wearing a mask. Um, and uh, yeah, since, uh, since the whole beginning, I've been rocking some masks. Uh, nice. Uh, Brass Rooster makes a quality mask, a little plug there. Uh, Brass <laughs> Rooster and Hen House, uh, John and Kate McLaughlin. Um, uh, they're great. And then uh, my buddy Adam made a really cool mask for me. Uh, it kind of looks like a old Western style thing, kind of goes with the hat. <laughs> um, and plug him, but he's like, I'm not selling these. I'm just just wear it and look cool. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned this a, uh, a little bit, uh, but you used to be heavily into music and have a music degree and then transition sort of into photography. So why did you make the switch in like at the beginning of like learning photography, what like was driving you to keep, cause you know so much about it. Like you look at your pictures and you, you sort of like brush it off as like, Oh, I just press a button. But like, they're so amazing. And like the lighting is so amazing on them. It's like, it takes a ton of skill. Well, it's, thank you. Um, uh, it really, that, that, thank you. Um, I, uh, it's, it's a couple answers there. The first one is, for the music thing, mm-hmm. I was solidly the most okayest bass player. <laughs> That's like a funny <laughs> way to put it. Most okayest. Um, I, so the quick summary there. So I, I, I started it through my entire life. I was going to be a musician. Like that mm-hmm. was like the, the total music dork. Like, so I, I played cello and then I played, uh, I played all the brass instruments and then I switched, I was playing electric bass and like the jazz band in high school and stuff. Sure. And then, then I joined the orchestra, but I couldn't use a bow. So I was playing upright, all pizzicato playing like, like Mozart, like duets and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff with, uh, mm-hmm. with other, uh, uh, other musicians. And then I, I went to MATC has this thing called the music occupations program. And, uh, and there you, they got like recording technology stuff. They got, uh, music, like music, comp- uh, composition stuff. They got, uh, a lot of performance based, like pop music based stuff. Um, mm. and the, the teachers there are awesome. And like, you make a lot of really awesome friends and just like, it, it's not a tradition. It's not a quote unquote traditional music path type thing. It's mm. like, I want to play music type of program. Um, and it's, it, I really recommend it to anybody that wants to like learn, uh, and to, to inexpensively, <laughs> uh, uh, the, like get a taste for like the music biz, um, thing. So I went there 
And then uh, I was, I had their, I, at the, and this whole time I, I was like a hobby photographer. And then uh, mm-hmm. one of the recording teachers there, because uh, they do like a recording studio class, was like, oh, you should really do video. Because like, there's, there's, it's really hard to make a living doing audio, let alone play music. You should, you should go, you should shoot video. So then I, I switched from shooting film photography and bought a digital SLR that did uh, video. And this is not to date me. This is when digital SLRs that did video were new. <laughs> so this is a while ago. Um, it did HD video. <laughs> um and so, uh, so, but then I was like the, oh man, I got to make a living. So I, I love teaching. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to go get a teaching degree. And so I auditioned, uh, for UWM, uh, in their guitar department because anything with strings on it, I was obsessed with it too. Uh, and I didn't want to be a bar- uh, baritone or a trombone player. Like I was like, yeah, I, strings are cooler. Um, yeah. and, uh, n- nothing against horn players. It's, it's just, you know. <laughs> A guitar or a trombone. (laughs) Um, the, uh, so, so I auditioned for the guitar department. And so the, the jazz guitar professor at the time, uh, his name is Don Linky. He's amazing. If you ever see someone play locally, like look that guy up, he's, he's an amazing guitar player. Um, and just another just quality human being, uh, I should reach out to him and just like touch base because it's been a while. He still plays like he, he, he was at, uh, 88 nines, uh, one of their streamed lunch things, um, uh, lunch hour things, but okay. he, uh, and he plays in a bunch of bands. So, so when I auditioned the, the, uh, he said two things cause I was a dork. Um, I auditioned for the UWM guitar department on a six string fretless bass, mm. uh, electric bass, which if you don't know, that's weird. Um, and, <laughs> Just and so, you know now. so Don, uh, Don had two, two criteria for me to get in. Cause I, I couldn't play in the orchestra, uh, mm-hmm. because I, I could not, I like, I could not use a bow. Um, uh, and actually when you go to you, when you go to university school, you have to, you have to play in the orchestra. Oh, really? And, and Laura Snyder, bless her heart, muscled through lessons with me. <laughs> She's like, Andrew, you look like you're trying to cut down a tree. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't, I muscle control. I just don't have it for that. Uh, yeah. uh, but we, we muscled through it and uh, I own a bow. <laughs> um, Do you still have it? So, uh, I, I, it's funny. I sold the base, but I still have the bow. Um, oh, nice. there's, there's a, there's a long story to that. Uh, it's a really nice bow. Um, the, uh, but so Don's two criteria is one. He's like one, I never, go sell that stupid base. I never want to see it again and buy a damn upright. Uh, and then two was you have to play in my band. And so I played in his, in both the, the jazz guitar combo bands, uh, the, the, the university's big band. And then I also played in his band outside of school. Cause it was, oh. it was kind of twofold. A, he got a cheap bass player. Uh, but two, um, I had a lot of catching up to do as far as reading, uh, reading jazz charts and understanding that whole other language, because I had been mm-hmm. from a, either like a pop rock type genre things or a hack of, uh, orchestral stuff. Um, so yeah. like for jazz, I was way behind. And so, uh, I can credit him a little bit for the whole photography thing because, uh, it was my junior year of college. And he's like, Andrew, one day you told me you wanted to be the most badass bass player in town. 
He's like, I gotta be honest, you're not there yet. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to be the most badass bass player. I'm okay being the most okayest bass player. <laughs> He's like, great, I'm gonna go get a new bass player out of the band. <laughs> um, but uh, he's uh, it's, uh, it's it's his fault. I do photography now. <laughs> I left the lucrative world of live performance music for <laughs> uh, the uh, but uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of in a nutshell how it how it happened. Photography was always this hobby, mm-hmm. um, and so I around the same time I was going to get I was I was sort of student teaching. I was teaching extracurricular like high school band stuff. Um, I taught, uh, I did a mix of, uh, jazz bands, uh, marching bands and, uh, and, uh, drumline stuff. Cause I also mm-hmm. did a little bit with percussion, but, uh, for drumlines, I was the, we got these kids, they want to do synthesizers and run these soundboards. I'm like, I can teach that. And so I just teaching that yeah. for a while. And then I just decided, you know what? I, I don't want to be licensed in teaching, so I'm going to go do something else and, took the camera and went, went forth. And as I mentioned earlier, I, I sold my upright on upright. It, um, if you sell an upright, you can buy a lot of lighting equipment because uprights <laughs> are expensive. <laughs> um, so when I sold my upright, that's when I bought my first lighting kit. And so that's the, uh, music taught me a lot about discipline. And, and so if you, the, the term that's used is you go to the woodshed and you figure it out and you don't come out of the woodshed until you figure it out. Um, so this is when someone, when a musician says I'm, I'm in the woodshed, that's the, it means they're practicing really hard. And so that mentality is something that I kind of carried with myself of like, um, I need to figure out how to do this. So when I rent a studio, I'm not renting it for, for client work. I'm renting it to, to work through something and figure something out. Um, and so, uh, uh, I, I forget the the exact term. I think it's called a dodidact is someone who teaches, who can teach themselves stuff mm. or like a self learner. I can't remember the exact uh, word, but that's, uh, I kind of am that where I bought textbooks, um, retouching and lighting and, uh, uh, different, like there's a book called light science magic. It is the most boring book on the physics of lighting and the principles to understand with how light reacts and, and reflections because it at its core photography is physics um whether it's the 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 shutter speed is in relation to the the exposure of the light and then the the iso speed is this and uh apertures and how that works but also light and shadow is physics um without getting too deep into that but the the number one uh physics principle is the angle of reflection equals the angle of of incidence which is if you're photographing something like a beer can you're which in milwaukee you're a photographer you got to know how to photograph a beer can Uh, um if you're if you're lighting it or if you see a reflection if you turn a certain way that reflection moves so if you need a reflection in a certain spot, you got to know how that works. And that's just through repetition and experimentation, you kind of figure that stuff out. And so the same thing is true with a, a portrait of a person. If you know, if you notice you're getting like shiny spots on foreheads and stuff, it's one of two things. One, you know, I care, I actually carry like a small makeup kit, although I don't anymore because COVID, <laughs> um, but I carry blotting papers and stuff. Cause like, you know, just, just dab the, dab sure. the forehead down and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
And because uh, that, that's where some of the shine comes from. But the other thing is like, if you're using a harder light source, it, uh, that's where that shine comes from. So understanding like hardness and softness of light and how the angle works and what feathering is and all that kind of stuff. It's just through like, I, I photograph a lot of things that will never see the light of day. <laughs> Yeah. Um, cause that's the, the, I'll take a thousand photos to get one that I really love. And that's what ends up on the portfolio or on the website. One job I had, uh, we were in, uh, Baltimore, uh, over new year's and the only thing open on new year's weekend was the Starbucks in the hotel. Mm. So for breakfast, lunch, and dinner Ooh. for three days, I only ate Starbucks breakfast sandwiches because this was, again, this is before this is uh, been doing a little while. The, this is before like Starbucks had a full menu. Like they didn't oh, sure, have that. Yeah. They didn't have that sweet Turkey wrap. They had a sausage and cheese breakfast sandwich. And then they had like the bacon and cheese breakfast sandwich. And yeah. so breakfast lunch and dinner for three days straight that's all we could get because like there were we were we were downtown by the harbor there was no grocery store within walking distance uh we had one dinner at like the hard rock cafe or something like that like that was just to mix was, it up a little bit it's to mix like mix it up and that was like the that wasn't it was like the day we landed <laughs> and mm. then that was closed the next day and we're like oh no what are we gonna eat <laughs> um so that was fun. Actually, that was a really fun job. Uh, and that's, that was kind of the reminder of thing, like when I was still teaching. Um, so I, I mentioned I taught drumline. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my teachers uh, always said this is that you respect every single person, no matter what their job is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's carry, carry lessons of life with you. Uh, and so uh, in drumline, it was, we, we always taught that to our students. And I was taught it as a student because, um, uh, drumline is generally an after-school activity. And mm-hmm. so the custodians at your high schools literally have the keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if you are a marimba player and you got to get a marimba through the door at six o'clock before anyone is there to open the school, mm-hmm. you'd be really nice to that. The janitor, custodian, uh, the engineer, what schools I'll call them different uh, mm-hmm. titles, but you'd be really nice because that, that person is going to be your best friend because they're going to see you recognize you and they'll let you in to open and get your marimba out and load it onto the truck so that you can get on, get on your way to Minnesota for the competition. And so, uh, carrying that for that job, um, we had to do, it was a, it was a concert thing and, uh, it was a branded event. And so I walked up to the, the, the guy, never met him, the lighting guy. And I was like, sweet talked to him a little bit. I'm like, Hey, so it's a branded event. Can you change the lights to these colors? And he's like, yeah, man, I can do that. I'm like, sweet. That'd be great. I'm going to go up on stage. I'm going to go behind the drummer. I'll just like give you a signal. And, uh, sure enough, <laughs> go up there and do it. And bam, bam, bam. All the colors of the crowd got this awesome shot. And that was, that was the shot they used for like a header image or something. Um, yeah. But, uh, that's, uh, that, yeah. So it's like those types of lessons from the music always translated when it wasn't even a musical lesson. It's just lo- love everybody right. and respect them. <laughs> Which is a really simple thing. You know, I was a janitor for four summers in between, um, college. Cause it was like a full-time job that you could get, you know, coming yeah. back. So, and, and yeah, I mean, it's just, I remember talking to a teacher once and she was like, 
You know, you always have to be, be, be nice to everyone, but be especially nice to the janitors because they will, they could do so many favors for you if you're just nice to them, Mm -hmm. you know, and so many people aren't. No, that's the thing is like, I, 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 I'm one of those people that, um, I, in my line of work, I, we get a lot of coffee, we get a lot of lunch. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. let's go, we have a lunch, let's do a lunch meeting here. Like we're on a, we're out of town and it's like the, the CEO of this thing or president of that thing. And like the art director and we're getting dinner together afterwards. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm never off. And if we're out to dinner and they treat any of the wait staff with any ounce of disrespect, they're the the next pro if there's a next project that that i i kind of put that in there a little bit of like whether i want to work with you or not because yeah if you don't have respect for a waiter or waitress at a restaurant do you even have do you have respect for me right or do you have respect for anybody that is on my crew like right everybody is important i'm always flabbergasted by the fact that people just cannot be nice to other people well, and, and kind of like alluding to the state of things going on. Um, I come from a place of it's, it's more beneficial to understand mm-hmm. than to be right or wrong. Right. You can, you can understand something and still disagree with it. And then sure. still not, and then, but then not lose love for anybody. But then on some level, some people just don't want to, don't want to be reasoned with. And, and, yeah. Except that actually, so I went to, um, uh, the a black lives matter March. Uh, mm-hmm. and I I've been, I've been advocating for, uh, photographers, especially to, if you feel the call to go document the protests, do it, mm-hmm. but be respectful of whose story it is. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not a photojournalist. I like when I approach a project, I have a, I, I'm biased. <laughs> like I, <laughs> yeah, sure. I know, I know what I want to show or say, and I'm always there to learn. But, um, but that's your job, pretty much my, to do. But you know? Yeah, my, I inherently, I, I will. There is an implied, a, a, an implied bias that will appear because it's my perception of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I'm not, I, I, I don't know if I could be a true photojournalist. I mm-hmm. will take any humanitarian project where you go in and you document anyone from any background with the purpose of like translating their story into an image. Like those are the projects mm-hmm. that excite me the most. Um, but to be like a war, like a true, like war photographer, like someone on the front line of whatever thing documenting um in its pure like documentary-ness um i don't know if i have the discipline to not try to quote make a photo of like hey stand over here real quick and just like to and i and i did that actually so i i attended i attended uh one of the protests and the things i learned there about the real experience that people have, like it, it was the whole thing of like examine the upbringing I had and, and my, uh, my relationship to everything going on. I, and I, I don't want to get into all of it, but all I can mm-hmm. say is like, go, just go and be open to listening and hearing something that's going to make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, 
and and that's it that's all i mean that's literally all you don't have to say anything you don't don't need to respond just listen to what someone else is saying because mm-hmm. uh, the person I was there to photograph is this uh, young poet named Unique, um, who would be a fantastic guest for your podcast. Right <laughs> uh, but she uh, and she's working with Dasha Kelly, who I, I, I mentioned earlier. And so mm-hmm. at the Dasha has this uh, place called the Retreat. Her and her husband Kima, uh, and inside of the Retreat they have this box, and it says soap on it. And so they've been doing it uh they've been doing it for years unfortunately where they they at uh at a black lives matter protest they bring this box out and it uh it, when the box goes down someone stands on the box and everyone else is quiet and they get to say whatever they need to say and it doesn't matter who it is uh it or what they're going to say it's it's that's their that is their soapbox to stand down and be heard and mm-hmm. the stories that were shared on that soapbox were like like, I don't know if I can swear, but like, they're, they're like, yeah. holy, sh- holy shit moments of like, wow. Uh, I never, I never thought of it like that. And that's the, and that's the thing is you can only get that experience if you go to whatever, whatever your comfort level of a protest is, because the, that's the stuff that you're not going to have a cool gift or a meme or a graphic attached to right. it that's because it's someone else's story and that's the thing of it is uh, i'm telling other photographers like you don't have to go to the big march with with the box players or whatever celebrity that you're into mm-hmm. there there are small vigils and community gatherings that are happening within your own community that you can go document if you if you truly value sharing that story uh, you have a website, andrewfeller.com. That's F-E-L-L-E-R. Yeah, I'm Andrew Feller on everything. I got lucky. <laughs> how uh, how early did you have to get to get those on across platforms? Um, the only one I don't have it on is Facebook. Mm. Because, uh, so I actually grew up down the road from another Andrew Feller. He was like really? 15 years older. He was like 15 years older than me, but yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> so crazy. it's a weird... But it, it and if you Google the name, like a bunch of people pop up, and mm-hmm. if it's like a, a lawyer or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I got the URL. <laughs> yeah, I think on Facebook I'm like Andrew Feller Five or something. Like that. Okay, the fifth one. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, uh, option five. Anyway. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Fo- make sure you follow Andrew Feller on all the social media. Once again, your photos are amazing. So thank you. Go check out his website, and you will be amazed. I guarantee it. That's yeah, and game. I'll be like, thank you, and hide behind my camera some more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. This, this was great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.